came here to say Who wanted from the jump? Came here to say Can't get exactly what you want Came here to say that you don't really want it with us Yeah We love you know We came here to say that you don't really want it with us Yeah Yeah The sports show There's no 30-second countdown. There's no <laughs> bells. Well, you get all the fancy stuff. I know. I'm like, where's the 30-second countdown? Where's the who won it from the jump? Whatever it says after that. Listen, Trey keeping all the fancy stuff for himself. I know. I know. Wow. Wow. Well, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to our latest episode of the Year Sports Show. I am your host, the Queen, and I'm being joined by the voice of a generation, Peter Rosado. We hello, are hello. hello, hello, hello. So we're waiting for uh, BK Matt. Uh, Dre like, is on Donovan Mitchell. Yeah, <laughs> Dre <laughs> is on um, assignment this week, so I will be your host today. Um. So let's get it going. Pete, you got some quick hits for us? Uh, mostly, yeah. Let's just get into some quick baseball stuff, right? Everyone's been seeing what's going on. Yankees currently 79-54, and 54, but on a three-game losing streak. They're AL least, AL least lead down to four. This used to be a 15-and-a-half game lead for the New York Yankees. They are 15-26 and 26 since coming back off the All-Star break. And overall, their biggest shot in the foot has been their road record. They are 500 on the road, uh, 34 and 34 so far in the year. And 13 of their remaining 29 games are on the road with a series against Baltimore on the road and Texas on the road. Two teams that are playing very, very hard at the end of this year. So very interesting to see where this goes. Again, there's 29 games Left And everybody's been talking about the big Aaron Judge story. He did hit his 52nd home run in their last game against Tampa Bay. But before this Judge home run, the Yankees were on a 21-inning scoring drought. That means in over two games, they had not scored a run before Judge hit that home run. Just to go on the Judge watch here, he will need one home run in every about 3.2 games to tie the Roger Maris's record of 61, uh, one every 2.9 games to break that record. And if he wants to try to get to 70, which is a, looks like a foregone conclusion right now, he would need to hit a home run every 1.6 games, about one and a half games. So they have to do a lot of work to try and get there. Um, but the big question has been, Benintendi, the big trade deadline get from the Royals, now on the on the injured list. Harrison Bader, who we traded Jordan Montgomery for, still hasn't played. Oh, and Jordan Montgomery, since we've traded him to the St. Louis Cardinals, in the six games he's played with the Cardinals, he pitched five innings against the Yankees, allowed no runs on two hits. Pitched six innings against the Brewers, no runs on four hits with eight strikeouts. Pitched five and two-thirds innings against the Rockies. One run on six hits with eight strikeouts. 
Oh, complete game shutout against the Cubs. One hit, seven strikeouts. Five innings against the Braves. His worst game since the trade. Five runs on eight hits in five innings against the Atlanta Braves. And then turned it back around by going no runs and seven hits with four strikeouts against the Cubs. He has pitched to a 1.47 ERA in six starts since being traded from the New York Yankees. Prior to that, by the way, he had a 3.69 ERA with the Yankees in his previous four starts, had pitched no more than six and a third innings, had allowed three, two, four, and five runs, and only once reached eight strikeouts. So, Absolutely ridiculous what's going on with Jordan Montgomery and Frankie Montas, obviously not doing the job here in New York. But let's go to the other side of the city, the New York Mets. Their NL East lead is at two games. They're 85 and 49. Great winning record at home and on the road right now. If the season ended right now, the Yankees and the Mets would both win their division and make the playoffs. Um, But I would give the Mets a much better chance going further in the playoffs in the Yankees right now, Tay. Seriously? Right now, I'd have to think uh, if Scherzer's healthy. I mean, obviously Scherzer went down with a little bit of a side injury last night. Um, yeah. If Scherzer's healthy and, and, and DeGrom is pitching like DeGrom's been pitching, I honestly think the Mets, and I am, you know how diehard of a Yankee fan I am, I honestly think the Mets have the better team right now if they were to go into the playoffs, I think the Mets could actually go further in the playoffs than the Yankees. The Yankees have need too many things to get right. You know, too many things need to come together and get right for the Yankees to really go far in the playoffs. Either that or a lot of things need to go wrong for the teams that they're going to play, and I don't think that's going to happen. So what do you think led to their early season success oh, that would, they're kind I, of lacking right now? I think a lot of those red flags are really starting to hit up to them, right? So that offense is really sputtering. The offense was hitting on a lot of good cylinders early. Um, they were able to escape a lot of issues that the pitching staff was happening, having even early in the year. But now the pitching staff is even worse. Garrett Cole's been doing okay, but not great. He's not pitching to the contract that you gave him, right? Frankie Montas, who you brought in, has been an absolute disaster. And then Seve's hurt. Uh, Domingo Herman is just coming back. You know, N- Nestor Cortez, you, you, everybody was predicting a second-half adjustment for him because he's never pitched as many innings in his career. So a lot of these things are coming ahead. The pitching staff is not as good as people think it might be. And the offense, listen, judges had an MVP caliber year. I'm going to be very honest with you. I don't think he's the MVP, but he's had an MVP caliber year. Um. But behind him, I mean, we plugged holes, but it hasn't been great. LeMahieu has had a down year, a good year, but a down year by his standards. Um, Donaldson's been up and down. We had to deal with so many months of Aaron Hicks and Joey Gallo and all that other stuff. Rizzo's starting to come up. Stanton's been hot and cold. So, you know, there are a lot of holes on that offense that they were able to mash their way through. But we've always said when it comes to baseball, it's a marathon, not a sprint. And we're seeing that right now as injuries start to pile on, as problems start to happen. You know, they were lucky that they had that big lead 
Because had they not garnered that big lead, Tay, I honestly think we'd be talking about the Yankees possibly falling out of the playoff picture. I can see that, too, because the slide started happening in the beginning, if I want to be right, like the beginning of August, when it was starting to really become apparent that the Yankees were not what we expect them to be um, at this point in the season. Um, A lot of us thought it was like a just a, you know, sometimes, like you said, baseball is a marathon. The season is a marathon. You're playing a million games. So, (laughs) for real. Yeah. To have like a to have such a, a commanding lead in the AL East, and then you know have an inspiring win during the Subway Series, the win the Subway Series, and then not do dick else since. Yeah, and, and and people forget they got they got beat by the Mets in City Field. They only won the series in Yankee Stadium, so they actually split the season series this year. Because I believe it was only four games. They won the Subway Series. You know, I think it was only four instead of six games this year. And I think the Mets won the Subway Series. Thank you. No. Um, But here's the thing. You know, we're going to have to play the Astros in the playoffs. The Astros have repeatedly been Yankee killers. For some reason, we cannot seem to figure that team out. We're going to have to play Tampa Bay in the playoffs. Tampa Bay has been a Yankee killer the last couple of years. And this team is literally the little engine that could. It's not the Tampa Bay that has been the last couple of years with some really good name players on it. They traded away a lot of their names and kind of just brought in some veterans, bringing up those young guys, and they're right there two games back. They're the ones right hot on our on our, on our heels for that division right there. Uh, Toronto is also in the wild card chase as well, who we've had a hard time beating in our own division. And then let's just, let's just extrapolate for a minute, Tay, and let's just say by some miracle, the Yankees get to the World Series, right? Yeah. More than likely, money bet, we're looking at they're likely playing the Los Angeles Dodgers, who have the best record in baseball right now at 91 and 41. Okay. The Yankees have the second best run differential. And for all of our fans who may not know what that means, uh, the runs that they've allowed versus the runs that they've scored, right? They have a plus 185 run differential. They've scored 185 more runs then they've allowed other teams to score. You know who's first in run differential in the league, Tay? The Dodgers. The Dodgers. And you know by how much? Not one, not 20, not 50, 104. The Dodgers have a run differential of plus 289. Okay? Why? Because their pitching staff and their bullpen has been great. We hear so much about the offense of the Dodgers. Not enough people talk about the great pitching that the Dodgers have, and people have forgotten. The Yankees, they can mash. They can hit with the best of them. When all the gears are going, they can hit with the best of them. But they have not been able to pitch with the best of them for a long time. I was actually telling a friend of mine this yesterday. I was like, it makes me miss the days of Mel Stottlemyre leading that pitching staff. Because, yeah, we had Andy Pettit. We had David Cohn. We had Clemens. We had Wells. We had Orlando Hernandez. You had all these, these what we now know as names, hindsight being 2020. But Orlando El Duque Hernandez was some guy who we got off of a Cuban team who we didn't know what he was going to be. David Wells was a little bit of a reclamation project. David Cohn was a little bit, you know, he had already had his great years with Toronto and all those other teams. And now coming in and doing that. We developed Andy Pettit. Andy Pettit came out of our system. It has been a long time, okay? 
I can name more pitch Phil Hughes, Jabba Chamberlain, pitchers who were supposed to be these next star pitchers of New York City coming out of the Yankee system who have done diddly squat in their career. I get that. I get that. Do you have anything else for us in quick too? Um, not really. We're gonna get into some of the bigger stuff. WNBA playoffs going on right now. We're gonna get into a lot of the biggest a college football season officially started, right? We yeah. saw a huge slate of games. Can you believe it's fall already? Take college football started, NFL is about to start, which we'll get into later in the show, but you know, we're going to get into the big story about college football a little bit later. But uh, I think we have a, a very big story to lead off today's episode with. A very possibly heartbreaking story. Let's go. Let's hit it. Um, a couple days ago, we saw in the third round of the U.S. Open what might just be the end of an era. It is. Serena Williams lost her third round set to Arzla Tomjanovic in the third round of the U.S. Open, a, a, a major she has won six times. Uh, and, you know, we, we all read and heard about the interview that Serena had. She didn't say retirement day. She said she was going to evolve. evolve. Which, means, which means retirement. You know, uh, and, you know, you and I both know from the, from the, uh, from our life experiences, Serena did keep the door open in her post-game conference after her loss at the U.S. Open when they asked her, is this really the end? And she said, well, you never likely, but you never know. She left that door open for a possible comeback down the road. I mean, you know, if, tell you, if this is truly the last time we see Serena Williams, mm-hmm. How do how do we how do we really encapsulate this career that she's incredible career that she's had? You can't encapsulate her career. She's the greatest of all time. Without Serena Williams, there's no resurgence of tennis on the popular landscape. The Williams sisters dominated tennis for the past 25 years. Um, with Venus being the first phenom and Serena kind of t- coming at the helm in the early 2000s. And we're coming off of like the Andre Agassi times, you know, where tennis was this niche sport that some people watched, some people didn't. But Serena took tennis to a whole nother stratosphere, not only for blacks in America, for women around the world, and and inspired a whole generation of athletes. Um, I feel like Serena Williams is one of, if, if not the best, female athlete of all time. Right. And yes, and what you say, it, it's heartbreaking, but all things come to an end. And um, I'm glad that she's going out on her own terms. She owes the sport. She owes us all nothing. She left it all on the court. You know, we've seen phenomenal performances from her through the years. And we've also got a glimpse of her personal life. She's a mother. She's a wife. And she raised eyes to the Black women's maternal health crisis as well. And I believe as Serena continues to evolve, like you said, um, there's no telling what she's capable of doing in the after, you know, after retirement. But this changes the sport. I mean, Naomi Osaka was kind of becoming like the next big thing in tennis. Osaka, Coco Golf. Yeah. yeah. 
you know, but, you know, I think there can only be one Serena. Yeah, most definitely. And, you know, it's funny because her opponent uh, that defeated her that night said that she almost thought Serena was going to come back because, well, she's Serena, right? Like, there's there's no way I'm going to beat Serena Williams. Uh, And her opponent even said it's kind of heartbreaking for her to have beaten Serena um, in this moment. There's so many young, young women who are not even black. Who, who look up to what Serena Williams has done. Now imagine what she's done for the young black women in this sport as well. Like that's just a tenfold, millionfold uh, accomplishment. Quickly, let's look at Serena's resume here. 23 major titles, only one behind Margaret Court who had 24. Serena does have the most in the open era when the tours were the same tour for men and women. Uh, she won seven in the Australian Open, seven at Wimbledon. Six U.S. Open titles and only three at the French. 73 career singles titles, 16 career doubles or mixed doubles titles, four Olympic gold medals, 319 weeks ranked as the number one woman in the world. Those six U.S. Open titles tied for the most with Chris Everett, one of only four players in the Open era to win a single title in four decades. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, Serena Williams played that long. Her first official tournament, professional tournament, was at the age of 15 in mm-hmm. 1995. Yeah. Right, sorry, at 14. She, we didn't really start hearing about her until 97 in the Ameritech Open, where she became the first unranked player to defeat, defeat two top 10 players in that tournament, one of them being Monica Sellis, who everybody, we were hearing Monica Sellers, Martina Hingis, Lindsay Davenport. Those are the names we were hearing back in the mid-90s. Um, Serena also became the oldest woman to not only win a major, but also hold the number one ranking when she was 35 and did that. Um, you know, and we everybody, the, the big story, Tay, going into Serena's evolution away from tennis it, with this U.S. Open loss has been the fact that she was really trying hard to break that record by Margaret Court. Yeah. Um, you know, she missed the 2010 U.S. Open, the 2011 Aussie Open, and the 2011 French Open due to a severe foot injury. Uh, as we said, the U.S. Open and the Aussie Open, two of her best uh, opens. Um, and back in 03, uh, she, after she won Wimbledon in 03, she tore her uh, a tendon in her quad uh, out dancing in a club. And while she was rehabbing that, she had the tragic death of her sister in uh, in 03. And so she, between 03 and 07, she played infrequently and only won one Grand Slam in those four years. You know, playing the what-if game here, you'd have to wonder, had these tragedies and these injuries not occurred to Serena, where Serena's major title number could be now. Does that matter? And does that really matter? I don't want to play a game of what is with Serena because it almost diminishes what she has already done. Right. And that's what we're not fitting to do. Um we're adding welcome to the show, BK Matt. How you hey! What's going on? I'm BK, tired of how BK Matt is still uh dealing with that depression. No, nah, it's not it's not depression. I'm just tired. Can we're working name? crazy overtime, huh? That we James Dolan, fuck the Knicks. The fact that you can't, the fact that you fuck, can't bleed on his desk as you always ask about every week. Which, by the way, 
Before we get into fucking the Knicks. I got some news today about that trade, by the way. I don't even want to hear it. Uh, All right. Mm-hmm. No, not to get in, not to get into the to the details of the trade, which we'll talk about a little bit later. But apparently, Matt. So I just muted Pete because I want to hear what you have to say about Serena Williams before we move on. Thank you. There's nothing. No, there's nothing really to say that hasn't been said about Serena Williams. She's the goat. There's no if and buts about it. Phenomenal career. Uh, what twenty three? You know, Grand Slams like that. That that says it all. There's nothing really to say when it comes to who she is as a person, as an athlete. She's the goat. I mean, I I know there was a lot of arguments on other shows about whether or not she's the goat or whether you might go you know the other route. But there's no like to to go through what she's gone through with being a black woman. You know, coming from Compton to be in in the limelight that she is, and then she, you know, she grew up in Venus's shadow and then surpassed Venus and and became the you know the type of athlete that she became. It says it all: hardships, the accomplishments, the level of skill, you know, the power of her serve, all of that. She's the goat. There's nothing. There's nothing else to say. If you're not saying she's the goat, there's nothing. There's nothing that you can say to me when it comes to Serena Williams. Yeah, how is there any debate about her her status as the goat? I can't understand that at all. Ask your boy, Mad Dog Russo. Yeah, no, I'm sorry. I'm I, listen. I I know Mad Dog likes to live in the past. He forgets that we're in 2022. You know, um, and I know Mad Dog has watched and forgotten more sports than I've gotten to watch. But at the end of the day, in this era, in the last 30 to 30 to 40 years. There is no argument that Serena Williams is the greatest. She has gone through the greatest. You ask anybody, you ask, listen, ask Lindsay Davenport, ask Monica Sellis, ask Martina Navratilova, ask all of them who they think is the greatest player in tennis right now. And it's going to be Serena Williams. And I think, you know, when you think cross-generationally, Chris Everett has even said, she is the greatest player in, in, in women's tennis. Yeah. And I think you can make the case that she is one of the greatest players, gender notwithstanding, in all of tennis history. I didn't even know gender withstanding. She's the best tennis player we've ever seen. Uh, that's just my opinion. I'm sticking the with athleticism, it. The athleticism is unmatched. And yeah. then, um, like I said, she's more than the GOAT. Like We, ter- we kind of use that term so loosely. I feel like she is an icon. She's she's up there with Jordan. She's up there with Jordan and, and that he said Jordan. Oh, I'm saying, she's up. Oh Lord, you know how Tay feels about MJ. I don't want to hear anything else. No, but so you can't sit there and say that we don't see. I mean, listen, it, it's one of those moments okay. where he has a point, but this is not a point you can make with Tay hosting the show okay. right now. So she's up. When you think of of and Matt, I'm just you know effing around. When you think of cultural icons with sports, you're gonna think of the Jordans. You're gonna think of Serena's. You're gonna think of Wayne Gretzky's. You're gonna think of people who Derek Jeter's, Tom Brady's, Tom Brady's. You know Joe Montana. You know people who kind of took the game and changed the game. And I, there's no one synonymous with that like Serena Williams when it comes to tennis. 
And her impact in hip hop is big. You know, she started a whole beef between Common and Drake. So it's true. No, she Common. started because there were two babies who decided to fight over her. Common, a lucky man. No, her husband's a lucky man. Yes. Yeah, I know. He he's the cream of the crop of luck. white men in yeah. the world. He's the cream of the crop of lucky men right now, but I'm just saying. And he knows it too. He knows it too. That man, listen. That man gives all of us melanin deficient men in the world hope. <laughs> melanin deficient, I'm weak. <laughs> you know, listen, he, he he is not. He is he is as that. He is not. That is not his wife. He is her husband. Yeah, <laughs> that that is the way it is. I would gladly right. accept that. As we wrap this segment up, we're gonna move into that. Donovan Mitchell trade. Do we this have to? A lot of discussion over the week, guys. I mean, Do- I saw it in our chat. I saw it on Matt Statuses a million times. I saw it on different sports shows, different pages. This, this is how I say. The Knicks. You can one thing you can guarantee is the Knicks' leadership botching a superstar deal. And not even being in the running. You get what I'm saying? As we think so. Do you honestly think Donovan Mitchell was going to go to the Knicks? The yes. Think so? Yes. You think so? He, he was supposed to. They fucked that trade up. They fucked that trade up because they were they, they felt like they were in control of the situation because the amount of picks that they had was unparalleled to what Danny Ainge really wanted because Danny Ainge is a rebuilding yeah, franchise cool. type, you know, GM, which yeah. is understandable. But we're not gonna make it seem like other teams didn't have assets that can equal that, you know, equal up the same level of talent that Donovan Mitchell has. We're not gonna make it seem like Donovan Mitchell is is like, you know, LeBron James or anything like that. He's actually like a B rate version of Dwayne Wade if you if you really want to go that route. But He's still a significant player. Right. So, I think better than anybody who the Knicks have right now on their roster. Every last fucking one of them. Yeah. Every, every I, yeah. He definitely, if he were to have joined the Knicks, I believe that he would have definitely have been a game changer for them. And to be honest with you, I do. And before I let Pete get into the news and the inner workings, I will say that seven draft picks, six draft picks is a lot. Do you think Donovan Mitchell is worth that? Do I think Donovan Mitchell is worth six draft picks? Plus RJ Barrett and, and who else? Well, if I was if I remember correctly, I believe it was five. It was five. Why do he six? I everybody keeps saying six or like first yeah, of all the Knicks had, had six. The Knicks had what third? So it was it was upwards of the Knicks could trade eight. They could have yeah, tra- trade eight. They, they had wanted 13. They had RJ, 13. It was R, the, what Utah asked for initially. Their initial yeah. ask was the RJ ask. Barrett, uh-huh. Quentin Grimes, mm-hmm. um, six to seven picks, and, as well as pick swaps. So that's mm-hmm. been a very big thing in a lot of the trades nowadays is you, you'll trade your maximum amount of first-round picks, and then you'll trade in a couple of pick swaps. Um and that's what they wanted. 
apparently talks broke down when the Knicks did not want to include Quentin Grimes. They were really trying to keep Quentin Grimes. They were willing to offer Emmanuel quickly. They were willing to offer other things. But that's when the ask for the draft picks went higher. So had it been Grimes and Barrett, they probably could have gotten away with five picks on top of some pick swaps. But this also talks to but this also talks to how unvaluable other teams find players on the Knicks roster to be. And this is a story that broke earlier in Randall. This say Randall earlier in the summer, though. This is a story that was being floated around earlier in the summer that there were a lot of teams that even though they were willing to talk with the Knicks, they didn't see a lot of value in a lot of the players on the Knicks rosters the way that the Knicks saw obviously. that in them. Fucking obviously. Um, Everybody and, would be delusional. Right, and that's the thing. Yeah, you know, do you really think, honestly, do just one word answer. Did Utah ask for too much? Yes. Of course they did. Yes. Of course they did. Are you still making that trade? Am I which trade do we talk about? When Utah originally asked for the five or six, hey, the hey Vinny, the five or six draft picks, right? Mm-hmm. Plus Grimes, plus Barrett, right? The do five you, no, I wouldn't make that trade. I'm not gonna lie to you. I would. You wouldn't make that trade, right? I wouldn't make that trade. No, it rips the New York. It, it it rips New York's ability to be able to add pieces later on down the road. This is the same thing. No, it that, doesn't. No, it doesn't. It does because you're getting. Look, look no, it what, doesn't. Look they have access. They have access. You, don't don't do that. Hold on. Pete. Utah gave up. You. I mean, sorry, not Utah. Cleveland. Gave up their first round pick unprotected, no so, protections. The Knicks were trying to put top five protections on their picks, and Utah wasn't having that. The Utah Jazz got the Cleveland Cavaliers first round picks in 2025, 27, and 29, and the right to swap positions with them in the first round in 26 and 28. So from 2025, to 2029, Cleveland essentially is only going to have two first-round picks in five years, and they don't even get to decide their performance doesn't determine their first-round pick, really, because if they they have a terrible year and Utah has a great year, Utah can swap picks with them and get the higher-value pick in two of those years. Do you really think, with the way the Knicks rosters it, because listen, the Knicks roster is not what the Cleveland roster just became. The Cleveland starting lineup right now is Darius Garland, Donovan Mitchell, uh, um, Karis LeVert, Evan Mobley, and Jared. Karis LeVert's coming off the bench. Okay. Well, it's either going to be Okoro and LeVert coming off the bench. But you have a starting five. You still have a somewhat productive Kevin Love coming off the bench. Kevin a- Love? A somewhat productive Robin Lopez coming off the bench. Robin Lopez. You gotta relax. Right. They have they have role players coming off the bench, but they have a solid top five. They traded away Sexton, who was already struggling to get playing time with the fact that they had drafted Darius Garland. 
They traded Laurie Markkinen, who, you know, was struggling to get playing time in Cleveland anyway as well. So they traded from a position of strength, and they have a team, a very young team, that can actually be successful for the next couple of years. Had the Knicks made this trade, you get rid of R.J. Barrett, replace him with Donovan Mitchell. Yep. You now have Julius Randle, Albatross contract, Albatross bum. player. Say bum. Go ahead and say bum. You got Evan Fournier, who role player, not worth his contract. Inconsistent. Right? You then have Jalen Brunson, who no one knows what he's going to be now that he got the big contract. And you've got Donovan Mitchell. And you've got uh, Mitchell Robinson. Listen, you got my boy. I only play 20 minutes a game. Can't make it through half a season. Probably more injury prone than Anthony Davis. That's why I only play 20 minutes a game. Mitchell Robinson. Somebody that's being honest. I, I, I'm, I'm proud of you, Pete. I'm very proud. Because I've been arguing this shit all fucking week. But nobody want to. I hate. I'm, no, no. I'm starting to really hate Nick fans. Like, they are so fucking annoying. And I, I, Pete, you missed my rant last week. But these got to be the dumbest motherfuckers on earth. The way that they've been arguing with me all goddamn week, like the Knicks are fucking world-beating draft fucking pickers. They suck in the draft. You know what this jackass is going to say to me? Well, they picked R.J. Barrett. Number three overall. The, the, the rule for error is so fucking thin. It's either you pick R.J. Barrett or you're just stupid. Like it's, it's Like, it's really not that hard. Oh, well, we picked up Mitchell Robinson. Really? Picked up Mitchell Robinson? Y'all picked up Cameron? Y'all, y'all picked up Quentin Grimes? No, the fuck y'all did. Y'all traded for them. Shut the fuck up. How are you Nick fans you don't know what the fuck you did in the draft? You ain't do shit. You just stupid. Oh, oh, oh. Like, I will say this, I'm Matt. I will give the give Matt a second. Yeah. I will give a friendly will... show, y'all. <laughs> I will give I will give Matt a little I, I want to give him take a little bit away from what Matt is saying here with with the draft right yes the Knicks hindsight being 2020 has had some terrible drafts now some of them are not their fault they suck in the draft be because, honest they fucking suck oh, in the draft they, they do they do but did we forget that no, and that's what I'm trying. That's, that's what I'm trying to get to. That's what I'm trying to get to. Frank Nilakina, Frank Nilakina, Frank Nilakina. I put squarely on the Knicks. Why? Because there were better players on the board. There were times when the Knicks have have made some terrible picks. When you really, when you really look at the draft, who were they taking? Right? Who were you really going to take? Because the players you wanted to take were already gone. And the players that you didn't take, not everyone realized was going to be as good as they were going to be. And or no one really projected that your pick was going to be as bad as it was. For example, everybody rips the Knicks. Okay? Everybody rips the Knicks for the Chris Stapps Porzingis draft. I wasn't even gonna bring that shit up, but hey, you already know every, I'm going with that. Every, hold on. Everybody rips them for picking Porzingis. They're like, oh my God, how could the Knicks have struck out on Porzingis so much? Who else were you gonna take? Carl Anthony Towns was already taken. D'Angelo Russell was already taken. Jaleel Okafor, who everybody thought was gonna be was gonna be great, but wasn't, was already taken. 
Well, Who it wasn't his fault. He was in Philly. Devin Booker went 13, but nobody thought that Devin Booker was going to be as good as he was. He was a, a freshman out of Kentucky, and he was a bench freshman out of Kentucky. He wasn't one of the starting freshmen. Who are you going to take? Emmanuel Moutier? Frank Kaminsky? Justice Winslow? These were the players that were taken after Kristaps Porzingis. If you look at that draft, really the only players to really come good out of that draft, Terry Rozier came out of that draft, but he's a bench player. Kelly Oubre Jr., bench player. Devin Booker and Miles Turner are the only two players to get picked after Kristaps Porzingis that ended up being decent starting level players for other teams. I'm not mad at the Porzingis pickup. I'm mad at Frank Nittikina over fucking. That was a terrible draft. Everybody has, you know, everybody has a bomb draft, right? Frank Nittikina. We, we could talk too many bomb drafts. So the last good player they drafted was Charlie Ward. <laughs> that was also the last player until this R.J. Barrett contract that they were able to draft and re-sign after that, they drafted. That lets you. That lets you further know. Well, no, Kenny, Charlie Ward was a, to me that was the, the the last draft pick that was really that was the, but Tay, that Kenny was the early nineties. That was it. But yeah. that's but regard. But we're told that that's that's oh my god, that's like two decades. I mean, let's look at this really quickly, right? Three. Uh, Three. So hold on, let's just go back. Let's let's go back to the last one that we said that they really bombed, which was Frederick Weiss back in ninety nine, right? That guy dunked on that guy. Who? Right, the guy that Carter dunked on. That's all he's the, known for. Carter yes, freaking Charlie dunked Ward on him out of the New York City, New York Nick drafted. Oh no, because they they drafted Greg Anthony and they drafted Rod Strickland. Greg Anthony was first. And Charlie Rod Strickland. What did Rod Strickland accomplish in the goddamn league? But let's see here. You Charlie Ward came in like 95, 96. 94, their second first round. They, they drafted Monty Williams. Coach of the year, Monty Williams. Yeah, but who uh, wasn't player of the year? Right. You. They, they drafted Monty Williams and Charlie Ward, 24 and 26 in the 94 draft. But let's let's look at this. From 2000, well, 2002, they drafted Nene Hilario, who they then traded to Denver. Sure, Dumb please. move by the Knicks. Pete, we're doing okay. this right now. We're really okay. doing this. They drafted Mike Sweetney out of Georgetown. Injuries killed, injuries killed Sweetney. He was going to be a good player. Injuries killed him. But he's not a good player. Right, so, they had they drafted. Uh, they didn't have a first round pick in 04. Then they drafted, in my opinion, in my opinion, two very good players when they were drafted in Channing Fry and David Lee. And we are okay. not gonna have okay, okay, I'll give them that. You know, no, I'm not, I'm not giving them nothing. David no, Lee I'm was not great. Giving... You are David not gonna, was not great. Was very I'm, I'm about to fuck your whole shit up. It's a difference if you draft great players. And they are actually consistent and actually do something your for team. your team. He went to fucking Phoenix and became something good. David Lee went to fucking Golden State and won a fucking championship. Then he went one in a New York Nick uniform. They had no they team around them. Exactly my fucking point. They suck at the draft. They cannot rebuild a team through the draft. That's then you have – hold on. Then You're gone too far. Oh six, gone too far. Oh yeah. six was a terrible draft, like Tay said. Oh six, another terrible draft. They got Ronaldo Balkman, uh, Wilson I Chandler. Was, I thought that was Ronaldo. <laughs> yeah, uh, Wilson Chandler in 07. Gallinari. I like Wilson Chandler, like Wilson Chandler and, and Gallinari, but guess what? 
they fucking gave them away to Denver for fucking for Carmelo and Carmelo, right? Then you got then they drafted Jordan Hill in 09. I'm about to hang up. I'm about to hang up. They That's drafted Jordan Hill in 09. You won't um, let me piss on his desk for nothing. Like this is 2010. Can you even get in the damn building? Is my I, question. I can get anywhere. 2010, no first round pick. 2011, they get uh Shumpert. 13, they get okay, Tim Hardaway like Jr. You know, then we got Porzingis, Nilakina, Kevin Knox, R.J. Barrett, Obi Toppin, and then the players that they picked the last two years, which we don't even know what they're going to be, and Kai Jones, Keon Johnson, and Usmani Dieng, who okay. they then traded, by the way. They do this a lot. Three, Look at this. Three of their four picks in last year's draft, the 2021 draft, Trying not to break shit in this office. Ty Jones, Ty Jones traded. First round pick. Keon Johnson, first round pick, traded. Jeremiah Robinson Earl, second round pick, traded. Of their He's four draft picks last year, they kept one, Jericho Sims. I won't. I won't even drive through Manhattan when I'm in New York. Okay. And they traded their first round pick so, this year. I think we're getting super granular on the Knicks right now. Fuck them. Wrap this all up, right? When we talk about the Knicks and we talk about the Donovan Mitchell train and all the stuff like that, right? Cleveland's going to the playoffs. They went to the playoffs last year. They're going to go further this year. Rookie of the year. Rookie of the year runner-up. Now you got Donovan Mitchell and you got two all-stars under 25 and Garland and Jared Allen. The weakest player player in your starting five is still coming back from injury, Karis LeVert or Isaac Okoro. Those are your two weakest players. And we have seen, as Net fans, Matt, how good Karis LeVert can be when he is on. Still upset about that, but okay. And if he plays well with what Jared Allen was becoming, what Darius Garland's becoming, what Mitchell is, I honestly believe Cleveland could be a team we see in the Eastern Conference Finals. I wouldn't, go that, far. I wouldn't go that far. Hashtag, I know you fucking lying. I wouldn't go that far. <laughs> They're second round out. They're going to be a difficult second round out. They're going to be a difficult second round, Matt. I, I definitely agree with you. I think that the Eastern Conference Finals, we're going to definitely, we're going to see, is either going to be depending on positioning. It's either going to be the uh, Milwaukee Bucks. There's only three teams I see making the Eastern Conference Finals, and one is shaky: Milwaukee Bucks, Boston Celtics. And maybe the Brooklyn Nets. I do not see that team surviving this rest of the season together. Who the Nets? Yeah. Yeah. Kyrie getting traded. I'm telling you. Yeah. Kyrie. I honestly think Durant stays, but Kyrie's got to go. I think Durant has to go. I think he has to go. I don't think he does go. Yeah. I think, I think Kyrie Durant. does go. But Durant, because of everything we talked about this summer, I don't think that cohesiveness. Can really exist. You basically said you basically said the GM and the coach are a bunch of bitchs, and I don't want to play for them. Steve Nash is a bitch. Steve Nash. What makes him a what make? Oh, now he's saying bitch, Matt. After you done drop all the f bombs, the FCC can handle for one damn day. I've been I've been consistent from day one. What makes what makes to you what makes Steve Nash a bitch? Well, not me, but that's what Durant was saying. Durant was like, no. Matt was like, yeah, he is a bitch. I want to know what makes him a bitch. Like, he's a player-friendly coach. 
He robbed Kobe he of his MVP. He let the inmates run. He let the inmates run the asylum. He's robbed. He's robbed Kobe of his MVP. So he's forever a bitch. I mean, he's not a player anymore. Come on, we got to get over that. We got to get over that. And and, that, yeah. and I'm gonna and I'm gonna be very honest with you. I, I agree with Tay. Listen, we we not gonna sit here. I love Kobe Bryant. Kobe Bryant deserves every pedestal that he deserves to be on. But we are not gonna sit here and create pedestals for Kobe when there are. We say this all the time with LeBron. We can't give LeBron the MVP every year if there are players that are playing at an MVP level just because his name is LeBron James. And and just because Kobe Bryant was Kobe Bryant and played at a Kobe Bryant MVP level every year because that's what Kobe did, we have to look at that and understand nobody's going to match Kobe. So his level and everybody else's MVP level is different. So when somebody's an MVP, we got to give it to them, and we can't just give it to Kobe because his name is Kobe. And people used to people used to bitch about this during the MJ years. Why they giving MJ the MVP? Other guys played well too, and we can make that same argument that maybe MJ got certain MVPs simply because his name was MJ. A couple of those years were because of name value only, because there were other players, to be honest with you, who kind of. Changed the culture of their team and made their and gave their team that winning mentality. And I think when you think about 2007, 2006, if you wasn't talking about LeBron James, the, the team that beat around that time was the San Antonio Spurs and their big three. Duncan, Duncan has Duncan has ended more dynasties than anybody. Yeah, Duncan and Robinson, and people do not give enough respect. What about Kawhi? Robinson. Yeah, of course. I mean, during that time, I mean Kawhi. When he was a part of that team, you get what I'm saying? He could not have learned from better, yeah, more even-tempered players who were more his his pace. Yeah. You get what I'm saying? Like, I felt that San Antonio Spurs Kawhi and maybe Toronto Kawhi. You know what I'm saying? You're talking about a Kawhi that's sim- like resembling of a David Robinson. Duncan, somebody who is an exceptional player. Um, but I feel like during those times, Steve Nash played with more heart at that year, and they were robbed of that um series against the Lakers, I think. Yeah, can we get we want to forget we want to forget about Derek Fisher hip checking Steve Nash halfway across he deserved halfway it. across the floor? He deserved it. Because honestly, we talk so much ish about D'Antoni and that team not being able to make it. Had Steve Nash not gotten hip checked by Derek Fisher, and had Steve Nash been able to play the rest of that series, the the Phoenix Suns would have won, and the Phoenix Suns probably would have won a title that year. I don't go that far, but okay. You think they weren't going to be whoever was coming out the East? The Lakers were handing the Lakers were handing out L's to anybody that came out the East. Need I remind you about the four ga- the five game almost sweep they put on our Nets in the early two thousands? Can I just say that I feel like that Suns team got a lot weaker with the trades that they got. Like they got rid of Quentin Richardson, they got rid of Joe Johnson. They 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 fumbled the bag with Joe Johnson. They didn't offer him the the amount the amount of money that he deserved. So I'm 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 gonna say significantly that Phoenix that Phoenix team was a lot hit weaker. Granted, they finished pretty high in 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 the conference. I don't feel like that team was gonna hold up in the playoffs, deeper in the playoffs. 
I think they I think they beat whoever came out the East. I think they would have had their biggest struggle against the Spurs, who ended up winning that year in two thousand seven. I think that they would have embarrassed LeBron and the um Cleveland Cavalier and the and the um the D League. Yeah, I mean the two teams, <laughs> being honest, they would have embarrassed them. That running gun offense is ridiculous. There's two I teams that I think about in those early years, those Laker dominant years. There's two teams that I always think um, should have gotten a title and never did, and simply did not because of the dominance that the Lakers had in the in the. In the I'm West. crying about. I was crying about the Sacramento Kings. We're not gonna cry about Kings them no more. And and the Phoenix Suns. Do you Brown. think the Kings would have beaten the Nets though? Yeah. Yeah, that Doug Christie. I don't know about all that though. Listen, I, that, don't know, I, I don't know about all that though. That talk about another Knicks player who never got respect when he was a Nick. Doug Christie. Yeah. That Christie, yeah, that Christie, Bibby, Turgaglu, um, Boyakovich, Zibak, Pepper, like that, that team was hard to beat. And I don't listen as much as I love Kittles, Martin, Jefferson, Kid. That team was great. That Kings team would have beat. That Kings team would have beaten them. I honestly think the, the the early Sacramento Kings and those that that one there's a, one or two years that those Nash Suns teams could have legitimately won a championship. You know those those are two teams that I always think about when I think about the 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 Western Conference in those years of Laker dominance. And we talk so many teams during the '90s years with the Bulls dominance, teams that either never made it to the out of the Eastern Conference because of the Bulls, or teams that were unable to do it uh, because yeah. of them in the, in the finals. The Knicks. You know, yeah, the Knicks, the Pacers, the, the Pacers, Pacers easily. I mean, they still weren't better than those Knicks teams, though. No, but they I think if they had gotten to the finals, they could have won one. I mean, they made it. Didn't they make it to the finals in two thousand? Who? The the Pacers. It was, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah gave, but that was over the tail end. Of, that was the tail end of Reggie. Yeah, they gave Kobe the first ring. Yeah, that was the tail end. I think you, if you give us like. Maybe those those 90, 97, 98, 99 Pacers, those ones that were really out there. But they weren't beating the Heat, though. That's the that's the thing. You get what I'm saying? Like you had the Knicks and then you had the Pat Riley Heat that yeah. was right on the right nipping at the heels. So the Pacers, where I feel like their best shot was that 1995 year that ended up going to the Orlando Magic, going to beat the who went on to get swept by the Houston Rockets? I mean, yeah, you're right. Cause I don't I don't know if the 99 if in 99, I don't know if the Pacers beat the Spurs. No, not at all. Maybe the Heat. The Heat could have beat the Spurs. The Knicks should have fucking beat the Spurs, but that's neither the here nor there. Had not a snowball's chance in hell against the Spurs that year. They had Marcus Camby. Patrick Ewan just came off of a torn Achilles. You get what I'm saying? They made you know, was still playing hurt. They made it off the teeth of a Allen Houston three-point shot in the first round against the Heat. They made it off that four-point play from LJ in the second round. You get what I'm saying? These are miraculous plays that kind of got them to the finals. They were the little engine that could. You get what I'm saying? Yeah. Latrell Sprewell's playing out of his mind that playoff. Can we and think they, about this? Between 99, what was it, 99 and 2000, we had four different teams coming out of the East. So different, right, when we think about it. 
four different teams coming out of the East. 99 was the Knicks, 2000 the Pacers, 01 the 76ers, and 2002 the Nets. I mean, every year it was a different team vying for that top Almost spot. All in the Atlantic, the, the Atlantic Conference, too. Yeah, and it's so different from what we see nowadays where it's the same teams over I miss over. that level of competitiveness, honestly. I think that's kind of what sours me on the NBA. Um, we, we, when you think about it, when you think about those teams, like when we talk about Steve Nash, that Phoenix Suns team was cheated. I don't care what no one says. The Lakers at that time, you know, I kind of love, always love Kobe's mentality because that is the mentality that I have that get it done by any means necessary. That mentality, that laziness is corny and all stuff like that. But to sit here and be like, yo, I was the biggest Lakers fan in the 2000s, I shit you not, I hated them. And I actually rooted for the Paul Pierce Boston Celtics to beat them in 2008. I was in labor. Yeah, they were, they were, uh, they were, they were the villains. I mean, really, you know, what's funny is, you know, you see the Spurs, whenever they get there, they're never really seen as the villains, but the Lakers, whenever they got to that finals, Everybody wanted everybody to beat the Lakers. Um, yeah, but because the Spurs were considered boring. Well, yeah, they were the good, boring team. The fundamental team. And 03, 03 was the last Robinson year. When you really think about it, oh, you know, the way people don't talk about it enough, the way the Spurs transitioned from Robinson, Bowen, and a young Duncan to Robinson stepping away. Duncan becoming the leader, but literally that I believe that 03 finals was the beginning for Parker and Ginobili because Ginobili was a baby in 03. And then they went to Ginobili, Parker, and Duncan. And, and then just kind of fit people in off the rip for a while uh, around that team. You know, like just the transition of power and, and, and sustained dominance, for lack of a better word, in San Antonio for a very, very, very long time. Agreed. And like you said, that transition that transition was smooth as hell, though. You had Robinson, who finally won the big one. Then you had Duncan coming up on his wings. Then you had Kawhi coming off of Duncan's wings. You get what I'm saying? So they really had a good system in place. And um, Pop is one of the best, the best coaches of all time. Another underrated um King. Very underrated. I mean, that team had what? The 03 Spurs, Bowen, Speedy Claxton, Devin Brown, uh, Danny Ferry was on that team. Ginobili was a rookie. No, Ginobili wasn't a rookie. Sorry, he was picked in 99, but I think he had just come over from uh, the, from, 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 um, from Italy. Well, not in Italy, but he was playing abroad. Uh, Steven Jackson was on that team. Kerr got another ring on that team. You know, Steve Smith is on that team. So you look at that, you know, Robinson was the first round pick in 1987, the year I was born. And wow. the man retired in what? 03? Different time, different time. So thank you guys. That was a really, really good segment. So let us jump into college football. With the CF Board of Managers voting on expanding the college football playoff to two teams from four, is do you guys consider this a step forward or a step backwards for the league? Well, four to 12. Oh, I thought I said four to 12. 
Something. Yeah, no. So it's four teams currently. The new college football system was four teams. That's what I said. And then it moved to 12. That's what I said. You said two to four. I said 12 to four. Oh, so I said two to four. I'm sorry. I, I said 12. <laughs> it reminds me of the BCS. It really does remind me of the BCS. I mean, like, we said we had too many teams playing too many bowl games. We didn't know who the real champions were. You know, back in the day with the BCS and the complicated computer system and all this other stuff. And you got rid of the computers. And now you just got a bunch of bo a board of governors picking teams. Mm -hmm. And you're going back to the, oh, you got conference champions and at-large champions. And once again, who gets left out? The small schools. Those, those schools who are not in a major conference, not in a Power Five conference. Though, right, the schools that don't have the money, teams like Notre Dame, who don't play a conference championship game, right? Because they're not in a conference. They're an independent team, right? So all of these teams that, you know, are not within the system get screwed once again. That's nuts. I mean, it, it's not going to be until, like, I think 2020, uh, 2026, but they want to try to get it in. Um, as soon as 2024, it will, so you'll have the, the four highest ranked conference champions will be, uh, ranked by the college football selection committee. So again, human people with biases, right? Four highest ranked conference champions will be seated one through four, each receiving a first round bye. Team seeded five through 12 will play each other in the first round in either the second or third weekend of December. And then the quarterfinals and the semifinals will be played in bowl games on a rotating basis. And the championship game will be at a neutral site as it is under the current four-team format. Um, my last comment on this is this. Can college football stop trying to be the NFL? Can they please? Like... If you want to have a playoffs and a Super Bowl, just do that. Just say so. Right. Like, it makes sense. It's, it's ridiculous. It, it really is because you, you're changing stuff. You went from computers to now you've got men, you know, a bunch of white men in a smoky room sitting here making it. <laughs> Let's put Ohio State number one. <laughs> you know, like, how, how many times is Alabama going to be number one? Forever. <laughs> you know, Alec, Nick Saban going to be in the grave 20 years. They still going to be number one. Are you like 80? Nick Saban is some. I think he, the funny thing is, Nick Saban don't even look his age when you really think about his actions. Nick Saban is 70 years old. That man don't look 70. Speak for yourself. That man do not. He don't. He don't look 70. Speak for yourself. He looks a hundred. Wow. He looks old as hell to me. He don't you look. I see it all in his face. Pete only saying that he don't look old because he used to how people look at Area Fifty One, aka the Bronx. Well, That's no. The only reason why no. they all look no. stressed okay. out and wrinkled want, out there. What a good, good comparison. Look at Lou Holtz. Lou Holtz is eighty-five. Lou Holtz looks like he a crib keeper. All respect to the great Lou Holtz. Okay. But Lou Holtz, 85, looking like a crypt keeper. This man, Nick Saban, is 70 years old, has had the most stressful job in college football for what, the last 
decade and a half. What's so stressful about it? He's been in the championship damn near every year. The man has to coach a number. Do you really think Alabama is okay with being number two or number three? Like this is literally they are the team where it's like you're either number one or don't play on our team. It could be worse. I mean, you 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 could be an Urban Meyer team. Wow. So Matt, what do you think about this whole thing? I didn't even. I, I came in late. What happened? Jeez, Louise. My phone was acting stupid. <laughs> Let me read the question again. Just for you. With the CF Board of Managers voting on the expansion of the college football playoffs to 12 teams instead of four, mm-hmm. is this a step forward or a step backward? Step forward for the NCAA so they can make more money. <laughs> That's pretty much all it is. Everybody loves football. What, like College football is where it's at. It's hard-hitting. It's more competitive. You can't dictate who's going to win, even though we all know it's either Alabama or Georgia. <laughs> so, I mean, like, it, that's where the money is. I mean, that's like, the, I'm not really too sure about the ratings aspect of everything because I can't compare that to the NFL or whatever the case may be. But everybody's miserable when football is not being played. True. So, I mean, yeah, it's a step forward. It's just more, it's more football. You got the, you got all these new football leagues that's coming up. The XFL included. I forgot the name of that other football league that's on like Fox on the Fox Network. Was it U.S. Football? What is it called? But they got a couple quarterbacks out of that league that's now playing in in the NFL. They even got that um that punt that punt return kicker that punt return player that's on the Cowboys that's actually doing pretty good over there. Even though the Cowboys ain't gonna be shit, but yeah, I mean it's it's a step forward. More money. For the NCAA, because you know they're still bitching about the, the um, what's it called, the NITs, NIL, the NILs. Yeah, so I mean, any way that they could stuff their pockets, you know, they down for it, and it's a step forward in the right direction. So yeah, it's a it's a good move. More uh, Shaq just confirmed that it's the USFL that you're talking about. Thank you, sir, and happy belated birthday, brother. Happy belated birthday, Shaq! Yay! Yay. All right. Wow. Jack, you coming through? You coming through for the fantasy football league? So let me just say about this fantasy football league. I am disturbed because the first time I'm oh. hearing about it was on a public post Uh-oh. on Dre's page. And my thing is like, don't you tell your squad first before you tell the world like there's going to be a fantasy football league? Like, Make it make sense. Hashtag, I know you fucking lying. I mean, didn't you win the fantasy football league last year? No, I did not. I won. I pick, I won our pick five last right, year. Right, pick five. You did not, bro. I did. We, did. we we co won that. We yeah, won that together. So that still doesn't negate the fact that I won. Technically, she's won two years in a row. Well, technically, a row. I was technically it was supposed to be co-champion for both years. If we were uh, to be technically, nothing. Just like Brandy says, almost doesn't count. We can't go by opinion. Uh, we over, we over here. What is fighting the wisdom of Brandy? Yes. Fucking Jack Tunney. We have to make sure that we go by the facts. The facts is the facts are, I won season one. I, I got screwed. One, season two. 
I got screwed. No, you didn't. I, I definitely mean, did. Screwed. The truth is, Matt screwed <laughs> Matt. That, you know what? I got to accept this. <laughs> I really don't. Matt. Period. Matt about- screwed Matt. Listen, go to go to go to Calgary, Alberta. I'm sure there's someone you could talk to about this kind of a situation. He lives in Florida now. If I hear one more reference, I'm gonna mute and kick you both out the show. I just said I got screwed. I ain't mentioned nothing else. Uh huh. Jack Honey. That's Pete Fault. That's all Pete Fault. Who the hell knows about that? I don't even think I answered that correctly either. No, I think you did. I did not. That wasn't the one that made me win. You know what? I'm gonna play the tapes. Not right now. We're play. We gonna play the tape. We gonna go back to. We gonna go back to the tapes. So I said I had co-champion honors with that one too. Well, we're not talking about you right now. We're talking about me. I won two times in a row. We tied twice. We tied once. Both I times won we the tied. First one. We tied both times. We had a tiebreaker, and because That's you don't want none, right? You travesty don't want to smoke. Travesty of fucking trivia. Smoke. Bringing up so fucking I history. Like I, have, I feel like there are like five good good sports that I could smoke you in. With no hesitation. I mean, listen, we I think somebody did in the chat say we could have had we should have had like an actual sports competition and Matt we said no. did spades. We could have did spades. I would have wiped the floor with you in spades. I would I, gla- I would gladly team with, I would gladly team with Tavia any day of the week in spades because I kind of feel like she'd be uh, the best partner to have. I am I'm, I'm the only one in this group that's been to jail. How are you gonna sit there and tell me that you're gonna beat Wait, me? In how do you know I ain't been to jail? Why are we talking about jail? Hold on. Granted, I've never been to jail, but I grew up in Brownsville. Spades is our official game. What the hell that mean? I grew up in Crown Heights. Nobody can Heights. You know what's in Crown Heights? Roti and curry, roti in the West Indian Day Parade. That's all you have. You don't good have ass roti and some good really temple. good roti. There's, and there's, and some good, there's some good temple in in, in Crown Heights as well. Don't don't shout, out, shout out to the Labor Day Parade. Pete, you gotta like, relax. Brownsville, you gotta relax. And I even know how to play the Italian version of spades, which is called brisk. I thought she uh, was talking about hearts for a second. When she said brisk, I'm thinking she's talking about the drink. I'm like, I know got the Italian version of spades. So this, you, I can beat you in spades. I'm pretty sure I can beat you in football. Highly doubt that too. I am almost 100% certain that I can. You gotta catch me. You gotta be able to get to the ball. I will. Wow. Because I'm that good. You're gonna you're getting sacked the moment you're on the line. You have to catch me. You can't move before the rep, before the ball gets snapped because you get an offside. Matt, I, mean, I get him. I can move. Say, I think what she's trying to say: you ever run into a brick wall? That's kind of what's gonna happen. You gotta relax. I broke someone's nose playing football. I believe it. You ain't breaking my nose, and even if you did, I'm still going to get to where I got to get to. And you're going to lose. I think I could beat you in Madden, the game. Uh, I haven't played that in a minute, so probably right. I think I could beat you in that. And I think I could – you know what? I'm so turned off to basketball, I wouldn't even put basketball as like a nothing. We need change. Everybody everybody thinking they could beat me in basketball. It's funny. It's comical. Everybody Matt, think they could beat me in basketball until they play. Seven me. inches taller than you. What that mean? Oh, she said that means you have to shoot over my arms, fam. 
She's saying you Nate Robinson, fans. Yo, it's funny. I've played players they a lot taller than you. They called me the butcher for a reason. Yo, she the butcher, the baker, and the candlestick maker up in here. You used to cut people? That's why they called you the butcher? Yeah, with my defense. Yeah. Or your pocket knife. No. She had a razor. She had a razor in her mouth. I'm almost certain. She's from Brownsville. I wouldn't be surprised. I'm almost certain she had a razor in her mouth. That is a Brownsville thing. (laughs) She's do that all the time. I wasn't private, so I don't even know what you're talking about. That only furthers my right. My, my actually, that actually that actually makes me think you might have more than likely had a razor in your mouth. Yeah, because you was in private school having to cut up some white boys. I went to private school. Oh no, all the white boys tried to date me in school, not fight me. Well, yeah, oh, but I mean, you also had to have the, the razor true. to protect yourself. It's true. It's true. It's true. But um, they used to call Tavia Big Fifty and all of all you. The what? They used to call her Big Fifty. <laughs> That wasn't even funny because I didn't really yes, know. Big 50 is a drug dealer. From, she's a queen pin from Detroit, I think it was. Was it Detroit? Mm-hmm. I'll, send you the, I'll send you the links. I yeah. don't know nothing. She's All the work right. with BMF. Hold on. Y'all um, move on to the next segment. Hey, uh, we have one last thing to talk about today. And it, with the NFL season starting. On September 11th, next week, it's only right that the Your Sports Show team sets its NFL season predictions. Who's going to win each division? Who's going to go to the playoffs? Who's going to be in that in those conference finals? And who will win the Super Bowl? It is the Your Sports Show too early to call NFL season predictions. Uh, Matt, we'll start with you. Who do you got? In the NFC, who do you got in the AFC? Wow, and Matt, like his favorite team, the Philadelphia Eagles, has disappeared. That was uh, his favorite team is the Jets. Like I know, you. I'm messing with him. That's why. All right. Um, for Say, the who season, who do I got playing for that trophy in February? I got the Buffalo Bills. Versus the LA Rams. So hold on, I want to, I want to, because I want to get these down, because I actually think we should uh, check this out real quick. Let me get this here. So I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna hit you like this. Who do you got winning the AFC East, Tay? Jets, Bills, Dolphins, or Patriots? Bills. All right. So you got the Bills. Who do you got in the North? Ravens, Steelers, Browns, or the Bengals? The Bengals. NFC South, Texans, Titans, Colts, Jaguars. Oof, that's the weak one. Yeah. Um, <sighs> this is my throwaway pick, but I'll say the, the Texans. Oh. <laughs> I don't care. I don't pay the Texans. Uh, and in the West, Raiders, Broncos, Chiefs, Chargers. Okay, now this is a tough one. Right? Y'all can hear me? Yeah, and we can hear you now. We got you now. This is a tough one because the Broncos have already shown an, a considerable investment into my boy Russell Wilson. 
they had already signed this guy to an extension, and he has not even played one game yet on the on the field. So that could either be one or two things. Either they're really, really excited to have Rus- a, ca- a quarterback of Russell Wilson's caliber on their team, or they're really looking to try to make a deep run. So I don't want to count them out, right? The Raiders have been looking pretty impressive over the past couple of years. Do I think if I had to rank the four teams in that division, they could easily be number two, right? And then you said the Chiefs? Got Raiders, Broncos, Chiefs, Chargers. Then the Chiefs, right? These guys have been at the mountaintop. They know what the mountaintop feels like. They're going to be a different team this year. Different good or different bad, you know, it has yet has yet remained to be seen. And then the Chargers, right? There are a lot of experts coming out saying that they feel that Justin Herbert might be the pick already for this year's NFL MVP, which I think is completely egregious because he hasn't really shown anything to, to, to prove that, right? So if I had to go, if I, as a betting person, if I had to go with who's going to win that division this year, I'm, I'm dead tied between the Broncos and the Chiefs. I'm not. So you, you do get two. You do get. You do get uh, two wild cards. So, you know, you, you if you want to pick two out of this division, you could put one as your wild card team as well. I mean, I I don't see any of those. It's either it's either top or bust. Well, I think there's going to be two teams coming out of the AFC West. I do. You might even you honestly you might even uh, you might have I think and and when when I get into my picks I'll, I'll explain it more I think we have two teams coming out of the North and two teams coming out the West on the AFC side yeah mm-hmm. you have I, the- I think I think the Colts are a team that I feel like is is to continue to watch they're always at the 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 cusp but I don't feel like this is their year but um I do feel like it's either going to be the Chiefs or the Broncos I. Don't know if this new look Chiefs is better than this new look Broncos. We haven't been hearing a lot about the Broncos since they won that Super Bowl in 2015 under Peyton Manning and rest in peace to Demario Thomas. Um, But their, their investment in Russell Wilson is startling in a way because we saw how the Seahawks were always right there. They just hadn't had the pieces over the past couple of years. Is that a testament to how good Russell Wilson is? Or is that a testament to how good that core was each year on their defense? Right? You want me to answer that? I mean, you can. Honestly, I felt like it's a testament to how good Russell Wilson is because he got hit quite a lot. Like, he got hit a lot. And he still was able to cook. At least in Denver, he he has the necessary pieces to cook. And he has the he has the the line that can protect him, and he won't get hit as much. So yeah, give him that money. Denver has been fairly irrelevant. Do like you, you said, give too. yeah? Do you give Russell Wilson that money though? He's yeah. won one ring, and yeah. that was almost ten years ago. Do you still do you give him that exuberant amount of money? Right. Yes, I do. I feel like they I feel like they're oh they're either gonna win the division. They could be the wild card. You get what I'm saying? But I feel like if you give a, a a quarterback that money, you give that money to Lamar Jackson. 
Absolutely. Yeah. I'm sorry. I, I mean, I agree with you on that aspect, but we're not going to say anything and say like, for like the last two, three years, Russell Wilson still wasn't a top five quarterback. He definitely oh, was. Oh, of course, of course. I'm never gonna so, do. You know, I'm a huge. You know, I'm a huge Russell Wilson um fan. So you know, I'm not ever gonna diminish anything that he's done on the court, on the field. Um, but do you invest that type of money? Even though I know we're in the the goat older era. You know what I'm saying? I know that we're in the mm-hmm. era where these older quarterbacks and athletes are kind of making their final stand. Do you think that that investment in Russell Wilson and the Broncos, do you think that's going to lead them to the top of their division? Or do you think it's going to get them wild card at best? I think it's going to give them to the the top of their division because that contract doesn't really hurt their team because a lot of his a lot, a, a bulk of his money is in the front side of his contract, and they have a lot of young players on that team as is. So towards the latter part of his contract, they'll be able to offer a lot of these young studs, you know, the contract that they deserve. So it doesn't hurt the Broncos in the long run. It actually makes them a lot better and a lot more flexible to, you know, to add more pieces to the pot to the pot and make them an even bigger, an even bigger threat. So yeah, you give them that contract. You give them that contract, right? Yeah. Yeah, I'm just asking. I'm not. I'm playing devil's advocate. I'm not putting my own personal spin into that. But um, and when you think about the situation, like on the AFC, the AFC West, that's a very competitive division. Yeah. So I'll throw. Let me let me get Matt's uh, things up here for the uh, AFC. Yeah. We'll, well, we'll we'll get back to Tay because we only got your three three division winners. We still need one, and then your two wild cards. Um. So let's see here. I'll, I'll, I'll throw Matt real quick. Matt, who do you got winning the AFC East? Uh, shit. Uh, Buffalo, Buffalo, Buffalo. I had to think who was. AFC North. The AFC North. Who's in that division? Ravens, Steelers, Browns, Bengals. Uh, shit. You see, all right. Don't worry. We get two wild cards for each division. I'm, each I'm, I'm stuck. Between the Bengals and the Browns, wow. I'm not even gonna lie to you. Like I don't, I'm not gonna sit there and say like the Browns don't have the necessary pieces. They're just not gonna have Deshaun Watson for what 13 games, right? It's 11 or 13 games, I believe. 12 games. I believe. Yeah. So if they're able to at least stay competitive up till he returns, they have a fair shot. So. Let's see. Their, but, uh, their, their schedule up until then. Carolina, New York, Pittsburgh, Atlanta, Chargers, Patriots, Ravens, Bengals, Miami, Buffalo, Tampa Bay. So, yeah, I, I see. Their first 12 games. I see them at least being like at least like probably six or six. If that I see much, them getting maybe four wins. I see six. I don't see them beating the Chargers. I don't see them beating New England. I don't see them beating Baltimore. Cincinnati. New England, New England, they have a chance of beating New England. I don't see them beating Miami, Buffalo, or Tampa Bay. You got a lot of faith in Miami, brother. I think they're a better team than the Browns are right you now. Sound like, you sound like Tyree Hill right now. You got no, I think they're a better team. Than, I think, right no, I don't have a lot of faith in them, but I think they're a better team than the Browns. I think the Browns can go 4-0 in their first four weeks. 
Carolina, New York, Pittsburgh, Atlanta, at best three and one. I think Carolina could beat them. Okay. But at best, they go three and one, maybe four and oh in the first four weeks. But I think it is a battle for weeks five through 12. Because again, Chargers, who I have going to the playoffs, New England, who I think is going to be a good team, Baltimore, who I have going to the playoffs, Cincinnati, who I have going to the playoffs. Miami, maybe a toss-up. So there's maybe two toss-ups, New England and Miami. But I don't think they beat Buffalo. I don't think they beat Tampa Bay either. So even if they win those two toss-up games, Matt, you're talking maybe six and six, at best five and seven. I don't, I, I don't know. I got to And then the end of their season's not fun either. Because it's Houston, Cincinnati, Baltimore, New Orleans, Washington, Pittsburgh. I think they could be Houston. I think they could be Washington. And they'll definitely be Pittsburgh. Watch that be the game they lose. What? Uh, uh, you said against Pittsburgh? Mm-hmm. So you got you have the so you have the Browns coming out this division one way or another, either winning it or a wild card, correct? I believe I believe a wild card at most. And I would I would assume you're also taking the Ravens instead of the Bengals. I'm taking the Bengals over the over the Ravens. Yeah, he said Bengals. Okay. Um, AFC South: Texans, Titans, Colts, Jaguars. Titans. And West: Raiders, Broncos, Chiefs, Chargers. You still got two teams. You got one division winner. I'm going Chargers. 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 You got one wild card left. Who else you got coming out the the, the AFC? Oh, fuck. One wild card. I want to say the Raiders. All right. So, pick. I'm going to give you mine, Tay, before we finish off with you for the AFC. So, I've got the Bills. Coming out the AFC East. Yes. I've got the Bengals winning the AFC North. I said the Bengals too. I've got the Broncos winning the AFC West. Okay. I have the Indianapolis Colts and Matty Ice and their soft-ass schedule winning the AFC South. Their schedule is like Charmin Tissue. It is. And he's actually got a decent team around him to throw the ball and we saw how good Matty Ice could be when he has people to give the ball to. If he can get the ball out of his hands, they've got one of the best uh, running backs in the in the league. I think I think the Colts could actually do something this year. And my two wild card teams are going to be the Ravens and the Broncos. I'm sorry, the Ravens and the Chargers. I got the I got two teams coming out the North and the Bengals and the Ravens, and two teams coming out the West in the Broncos, and the Chargers. Um, so, Tay, you've got the Bills, the Bengals, the Texans. We need your AFC West winner and two wild cards. I thought I said the AFC. Oh, I, I, I just got into um, – The discussion about the Broncos, yeah. About the Broncos. You have them coming out that division one way or another? So who do you else do you have? You got two wild card teams. Who else do you think makes the playoffs in the AFC? The Ravens. Okay. The Chiefs. All right. So there we go. All right. Let's go on to. I got the Broncos winning the division. Okay. Yeah. And Pete, so now let's. 
Pete Shaq said there's three wild cards in in each conference. Yeah, but I'm going old school with it. Two wild cards, one division winner for each team, each each uh, each conference. We'll be we'll be surprised whoever the third one is. Then 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 we give you that technicality, Matt. Well, technically they were the third wild card. I was right. Yeah. <laughs> um, in the NFC, let's start with you, Matt. In the NFC. Who do you got winning the NFC East? And watch, because Tavia's looking at you with that death stare right now. I already told y'all the Eagles. I have zero faith in the Why Cowboys. Why did I thought you for the Commanders? Fuck the Commanders. First of all, their name is the Commanders, so I'm, I'm, I'm easily never going to pick them. That is a dub. So <laughs> get that out there. All right. Who do, you got, who do you got, say, winning the NFC East? You got your Giants? No. <laughs> you, missed last, you, missed, you missed last week's episode. <laughs> Yo, she was she was tight. And then I, you know done. what? I, I should have backed up. I should have backed up because we played our second unit against your first unit. I so I should have felt a little better. We also our quarterbacks also out right now. Facts. Please but he never played. A, uh, he never played a professional game yet. So who cares? I mean, he played more professional games than Daniel Jones did. No, he That's didn't. Daniel Jones is. Daniel, Daniel Jones was like he's still in his sophomore year at Duke. Yeah, well, your your um your quarterback couldn't even stay healthy for week one. So you're right. You're right. Oh, okay. Shout out to Danny. Okay. Shout out to Danny okay. Dimes. Okay. Saquon Barkley on one good ACL. Yeah. Well, look, we look at real tiki barbarous. Yeah. Well, tiki look at real tiki barbarous. <laughs> tiki barber got a ring, right? And he hosts Not because of him. Not because of him. And he's on TV. So who you got? You the got last, the Cowboys or the Eagles? The last relevant Jet was Wayne Krebet. No name it? Maybe. No. Wayne Krebet, Lavernius Coles. I never, uh, I don't Curtis know. Him. Martin, never heard Chad of Pennington. I see. Santana Moss. I see Broadway Joe on those AARP commercials every wow. day on TV. He's the last relevant Jet that you got besides Keyshawn Johnson, boo boo. Nah, come on. We've got we've had more Jets in the last couple That's of relevant? years. That's yes. relevant. That's Andy relevant. Beck is That's more relevant. That's relevant. We have Michael Strahan. That's relevant. Okay. That's it. No. And Lawrence Taylor. That's it. That's, oh, the, that's still, where it ends. Phil Sims that's is where still it is. Phil Sims. Okay. We have Phil Sims. We have Lawrence Taylor. We have Michael Strahan. We have the Eli Manning who's doing great stuff on TV that you guys should really watch. It's, it's fucking hilarious. Eli is so, you know what's funny is for like the most robotic white boy in the world in interviews, he's one of the funniest dudes in the world. He's funny. He's hilarious. Him and Peyton, him and Peyton are both extremely funny in this like way that I think it, 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 it kind of amps it up because you don't expect them to be funny. All right, I, I, got the, I got the freaking Dallas Cowboys winning the division. Woo! Better not be disappointed. I, I, trust me, I hate the Cowboys. So I couldn't do it. But you know how this, you know how the end of the season always plays out. That's all I understand. Yeah, Why but they always do it in a while. They, they, they pull at Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers just does it. Why you got to go that route? Why? 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 We didn't even get to that point yet. They shit the bed in the wild card game. Aaron Rodgers does it in the divisional playoffs. So we, it's the same thing. I'm going with the damn Cowboys. We ain't even get so, that part of the show yet. You yeah, ready? we're getting there, baby. We're in the NFC. Um, and, and I like how I sent the article to you guys about him doing drugs um, to play in games. And nobody said anything, right? That he's a straight talk. drug addict. How's he a drug addict? 
so I want to take the Cowboys. I really do. I want to take it because I think they have the better team in terms of skill position. But I'm gonna better go offense. I'm gonna go with the Eagles based My on based yeah. on this. No, based on their schedule. I mean, when you look at the Cowboys schedule, they played Tampa Bay and Cincinnati in weeks one and two. But Tampa then they beat Tampa Bay in that first game last year, though. Yeah, but I mean, listen, you got let's let's be real. Let's go by facts. You're right. You got Tampa. Cowboys always looks good the first four weeks of the season and the middle nine to twelve. I think they go two and two in the first four weeks because they play Tampa, Cincinnati, the Giants, and the Commanders. So they go two and saying that they they're just gonna beat the 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 Giants and the damn Commanders, right? Pretty much. That's then they play. Then they play Super Bowl champion the Rams. Then they play Philly, Detroit, Chicago. So three easy wins there. Where they'll probably Philly, lose one. They, they're not. Philly is not an easy beat. Let's be one hundred. Uh, they're a trash ass team. They're then you got Green Bay, Minnesota, Giants, Indy, Houston, Jacksonville, Philly, Tennessee, Washington at the end of the season. The Philly that schedule like a fairly decent schedule. Yeah, the Eagles schedule though. I think, relatively speaking, is a lot easier. They played Detroit, Minnesota, the Commanders, and Jacksonville in the first four weeks of the season. Um, okay, so then Arizona, cool. then Arizona and Dallas, and then they go on a bye. Then they play Pittsburgh, Houston, Washington, three weeks in a row. Then they get to the tough part of their schedule with Indy, Green Bay, Tennessee. Then they play the Giants. Chicago, Dallas, New Orleans, New York. So I think the Eagles have a very easy schedule this year. They have a better schedule than the Cowboys. So because of that, I'm taking the Eagles in the NFC East simply because of their schedule, even though I think the Cowboys, skill position-wise, have the better team. Uh, NFC North, Bears, Lions, Vikings, Packers. The Green Bay Packers are going to win. As long as y'all know. I gotta yeah. say nothing. And that's it. Oddly enough, it's funny. The Chicago Bears are three and zero in the preseason. <laughs> that don't mean a damn thing at all. That don't mean. Uh, a we are damn all thing. taking the Packers in the NFC North. Uh, NFC yeah, South. I'm gonna, put that on the, I'm gonna put that on the record. That that's the only thing that they'll be winning this year. Panthers, Falcons, Saints, Bucks. The Buccaneers. Saints. Saints. The Buccaneers. I'm going with the Saints. Well, go with them. Me the and Tom Brady going through going it right now. To... That, you know when he goes through it, that's when he plays his best football. This is I'm a different. This is a, this, this is a different feeling, bro. It's a different feeling. Um, I'm gonna go off the beaten path here, and I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna enter myself into Tay's newest segment, uh, the the I thought segment. This is that moment that I thought the Carolina Panthers can actually have a very good season with Baker Mayfield at the helm. Cut him the fuck off. Cut him the fuck off, Ted. Speaking of bullshit. Cut him off. You'll never choose Baker Mayfield on this goddamn show. What the fuck is wrong with you? What's wrong with you, Baker Mayfield? Are you are you are you out your see? You've been in that Bronx air too goddamn long. It's starting to affect your goddamn brain and your good judgment. Yo, never choose Baker Mayfield. Baker Mayfield to me, I don't know, man. I don't know. No. 
I don't mean, do I don't know. I don't know. I, I just I, Baker Mayfield has just said too many times to me. The best the thing about Baker season, Mayfield the schedule's pretty good. Their schedule's pretty good. If McCaffrey plays health, if stays healthy, May- Baker Mayfield's best seasons have always come when his running backs stay healthy. When Cleveland had healthy running backs, Baker Mayfield was able to have time to throw the ball and put it out there. And if you look at the Carolina schedule, they played Cleveland and New York in the first two weeks of the season. You know he's going out for blood against the Browns. Yeah, so right. I- don't don't do that. Don't do that. You know they hunting his ass. Don't do that. Then you've got then you've got a little bit of a tough. I think really their bones is going to be made in the first in weeks three through seven because they've got New Orleans, Arizona, San Francisco, L.A., Tampa Bay. It's really going to come down to those five weeks right there. Baker always finds a way to fuck it up. Yeah, they they they've got those. Those are the, I think the big five weeks right there. Uh, they play Seattle this year. I think obviously they're going to lose against Denver. I would not be surprised if Baker's familiarity with some of the AFC teams does help him this year. I don't think they're dominant. I don't think they're dominant by any means. Um, and obviously this all depends on Christian uh, Christian McCaffrey being able I'm to stay healthy, which he's never able to do. I'm a Barry P every week. But I think the Carolina Panthers can come out of this division. You sound, like, you sound like a Tim Tebow believer. It's a wrap this Even whole if it's year. It's a wild card spot. I think they come out of this division. Whole year I'm coming after Pete. Um, because I am also going to pick the Tampa Bay Buccaneers to also come out of this division. And so I think there's two teams coming out of this division. I don't have a lot of uh, faith in Jameis Winston. I don't. I'm sorry. You a hater. I have, he did. I have he was doing faith. great. He was doing great before he got hurt. I have more faith in a 65-year-old Tom Brady than I do. Isn't Joe Flacco older than Tom Brady? I was just about to say that. When he said 65 years old, I'm like, oh, he's talking about Joe Flacco. I thought he was like, Flacco. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know why I was going that route. I was like, damn. Joe Flacco's 37. What? I think he was 100, yo. Joe Flacco is 37. 37 in NFL years is at least 60. I don't know how the hell Tom Brady is pushing 90 and he's still doing what he's doing. Right. Brady, 45. Joe Flacco was so damn old. He's younger than me. It's because he's a bum. bum. Uh, I think this is the, uh, the West is going to be another big division here. Who we got? Niners, Cardinals, Rams, defending champion Rams, or the Seahawks? Are we really doing it? Are we really doing it? Rams. Rams. The Seahawks is, is exited every possible conversation for the foreseeable future. Because they've got a <laughs> starting quarterback? Exactly. <laughs> I want Lamar Jackson on the on the Seahawks. Why? I just Don't want him to do that. You no. want him to get killed? No, let me tell you something. This is something that we're not really talking about and how the Ravens organization is showing such a disrespect to Lamar Jackson. They don't want to pay him. He's also his own agent, so I wonder how much he's... But, you know, when it was the Dak situation with the Cowboys and everybody was like, yo, pay Dak, pay Dak, pay Dak. You know what I'm saying? Dak and Lamar Jackson have both produced the same amount for their respective organizations. Pay that man. Pay him. Period. 
pay I mean, him. You're not wrong. I mean, he does deserve to get paid, but I don't. I think the big sticking point with them has been what Lamar's asking for. I don't think, and I've said this before. He's I'll say asking for Dak money. I don't think he's an elite quarterback. I don't you think, think he's Dak an Dak elite. Brothers? No, no. I think Dak got. I think Dak That's got paid. Dak got paid the money he got paid. I think partly because Jerry Jones knew he had got guilted into paying him because of that injury. I honestly think he got a little extra money because he got he got that horrific injury. So Jerry Jones paid him so that Jerry wouldn't get the backlash for like, oh, you underpaid because he got injured. I mean, so I think Jerry, so, would you really? I wouldn't have given him that money after saying that injury. Ain't no time I wouldn't have done it. Back from that. I wouldn't have given him that money um, before the I injury. Don't, I don't baby. think Lamar. Listen, I don't think Lamar is better than Josh Allen. I don't think Lamar is better than Pat Mahomes. Of course. I don't think I don't think Lamar is better than what Justin Herbert's going to be. We don't know what Justin Herbert's going to be. We're, well, this is all speculation, so we can't say that. Lamar Agreed, Jackson. I, I don't think he's better than what Justin Herbert is going to be, in my opinion. But, but my thing is, he's already an MVP caliber quarterback, and he won it fairly early in his career. So with that on your resume so early in your career, why is it a harm to sit there and look at? Players like Deshaun Watson, who's getting the farm thrown at him. Listen, Deshaun Watson's an aberration from Cleveland because there's something going on over there, something in that water, because there's no reason why Deshaun should have gotten that contract after sitting out, and he shouldn't even be playing after what he has to deal with. But here's my thing, right? I think the hesitation with Lamar Jackson is very simple. The hesitation around Lamar Jackson is because of one, is because of one person, and his name is RG3. RG3, and oh, by yeah, extension, I, 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 I want 200. RG3, and by extension, and by extension to some degree, Colin Kaepernick, were two quarterbacks who relied very heavily on their legs. Now, Kaepernick didn't get injured. Kaepernick, we, we got blackballed out the league. So that's why I said it really hinges on RG3. And RG3, we all saw how his career changed after he got hurt. Okay, and I don't put that on our G3. I will always put that on Mike Shanahan. But we always talk about quarterbacks who are almost entirely dependent on their legs. And while Lamar Jackson's got a cannon for an arm, okay, he is more considered to be a running quarterback than he is a prototypical throwing quarterback. And because of that, when we really think about it, the only person Whoever really got real money, and he didn't get money in this version of the league, was Mike Vick. And you know how long it took for the NFL to pay Mike Vick because they never thought he was going to be an elite-level quarterback because all he did was run. I think that's what hampers Lamar Jackson right now is the fact that he's still primarily seen as a running quarterback, and he hasn't really, you know, it's not. it's also not his fault the team that's around him. But I think they do put it on his shoulders, the fact that he hasn't elevated that team to where they want him to elevate that team to. Um, I do agree maybe with Tay that it might have to be him leaving Baltimore. But I think a lot of teams are going to be hesitant to give him that kind of money. Um, Tay, who you got out with? make a bet on Baker. If Baker Mayfield can be with the damn Carolina Panthers and Baker Mayfield hasn't done a damn thing but have those damn commercials with him and his wife playing in the damn football sta- stadium. He did take the Browns to the playoffs for multiple years. Who cares? 
I mean, that, that's Lamar Jackson thing. did, but Lamar Jackson took the Ravens to the playoffs. The Ravens were always a playoff team. The Browns were never a playoff team. Yeah, but that that if you all right, if that's not that's not a fair assessment because okay. we want to talk about who they had on their roster when they were playoff contending teams and who they didn't have. Lamar, who does who did Lamar Jackson really have besides Lamar Jackson? I mean, outside of having really Mark Andrews, I mean, hasn't really had anybody to throw the ball. Mayfield had really decent. He had a really decent core of receivers, and did nothing with them. Nothing. Am I bugging? He did nothing. He oh, did Matt. nothing with them. He did nothing with them. Lamar, Lamar Jackson needs his money. Makes Lamar Jackson needs to be paid. Yeah. He needs some decent pieces around him. If you can put, you have Baker Mayfield is getting bailed out again by having a potential Christian McCaffrey with him. Baker Mayfield had Odell Beckham Jr. before this devastating injury. And nothing with him. Nothing. Okay, Baker Mayfield is second as second rate as second rate comes. Lamar Jackson is a better quarterback. MVP sure. quarterback. And I feel as if. Like you said, he's one of those quarterbacks that relies on their legs. But whereas he's showing a side of that that worked in a way that it didn't work for Cap. It didn't work for, um, what's his face, RG3. It kind of worked for Vic, but as you said, it was a different league. You pay that man. That got paid, and that's this shit. He needs two hundred mil guaranteed. I also don't. I also don't want. I do want to stress the fact that I do think Lamar acting as his own agent does affect him negatively. Because I I don't think they respect Lamar Jackson in a business sense in that business room and that. He shouldn't be fucking playing for them then. Yeah. Period. I don't think. You know, for the F bomb, but yeah. no, no, and I, but I think this goes back to the conversation that we've had a lot of times on this show about the way that they see black people in certain positions versus white people. If you had, if he had an agent walking into that room, who that was their title, I think when they look at football player, they look, da, 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 you know, they but, but they don't think of them as being able to you translate. Back though, right? Franchise on his back though, right? They don't. They like you're a sports guy. Shut up and dribble, but now he's stepping into that boardroom and acting as his own agent. I don't think they're giving him the same amount of respect that so they should, should. So he should leave. Yeah, I, I don't. But the thing is, he can't. That. He won't be able to leave. Like I said, like what Pete is saying, if this is going to show whether or not they respect him, right? As 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 the talent that he really is, if they because they have the option to franchise tag him twice, right? So and they didn't do it. Yet, but again, it can they go that route. That's what I said. It'll show if they do that, then you already it, it, the, the writers on the wall. They're gonna Dak Prescott the shit out of this. They're gonna they're gonna hold it to the last second to where they can just you know where they're they're they're, they're forced to pay him or let him go. So I mean, like I said, he, he I think he deserves two hundred mil guaranteed, or at the very minimum one ninety five. When you know, he definitely deserves to get paid over like one seventy five. Yeah. He definitely deserves to get paid like Josh Allen. I'm not going to lie to you. Yeah. Um, who do we have in the NFC West? That's the uh, we, we, We're just missing our West p- picks, our wild card picks, and our Super Bowl picks. Uh, I'll say I got the Rams um, repeating 
in the NFC West winning that division, and I have the Arizona Cardinals coming out of that division as a wild card. Same. Same. Um, so I just need, um, Matt, we need another wild card team out of you. So we've got the Eagles, the Packers, the Saints, and the Rams winning divisions. You have the Cardinals and who else is wild card teams? Damn, I might go with the Ravens. The NFC. Oh, my bad. I'm sorry. (laughs) Tampa Bay? Cowboys? Cowboys. Cowboys. I don't think Tampa Bay is going to really do much this year. I, I mean, I'm, I'm being 100. I know everybody's like, it's Tom Brady, Tom Brady. I, and and all, all right, you know, yeah, it's Tom Brady. You never count out Tom Brady. But, you know, I just – I feel like there there are better teams. Hey, we need a wild card team out of you in the, in the NFC. Either the Eagles or the Cowboys. I think so the, you Cowboys. Have the Cowboys winning the division. So do you have the Eagles coming out as a wild card team? I can see the Eagles coming out as a wild card team or um All right, so I'll start with you, Tay. Oh, you Cardinals. said Bills versus who in the Super Bowl? Well, the Cardinals. So Bills versus who, Tay? Because you said the Bills are going to Super Bowl. So who do you have in the NFC going to the Super Bowl? You have the Cowboys, Packers, Bucks, Rams, Cards, and Eagles. I'm either, and this is going to be a shocking pick. I'm either going for the Bucks or the Packers. Wow. So Tay's got either a Bills Bucks or Bills Packers Super Bowl. Matt, who do you got going to the Super Bowl? Matt still with us? Matt like Andy Dalton. We don't know where he's at right now. Um, <laughs> actually, he's the he's the backup for Jameis Winston in, in New Orleans. Um, I'm going to take. So here's where I'm going to go a little bit. Uh, I I, I want to pick the Bills and I want to pick the Bengals very very badly out of the AFC because I think both of those teams are right there on the cusp. But I'm here. Who do you oh. have for the Super Bowl? I got Bills and, and um and the Rams. Okay. Bills versus the Rams. So in the AFC, I'm gonna go a little off. I'm not taking the Bills and the Bengals, even though I think both of them, I mean, that probably could be the AFC championship game. I'm gonna go with the Broncos. I'm taking the Broncos simply because Whoa. no. When they got this is the second time. The Broncos have gotten a franchise quarterback like this via trade. And the last time they did it, they went to the Super Bowl. Oh. And that was with Peyton Manning. Russell Wilson is not Peyton Manning. No, but I think he's a very elite quarterback. He's had a great team around him. And I think the only thing that breaks the Broncos down is if that team gets injured. So I'm taking the Broncos. And in the NFC... I am taking the Rams. I think the Rams go back to the Super Bowl. Um, don't know if they win again, but I think they go back to the Super Bowl um, this year. But Bill, it, to me, it's between the Bills, the Bengals, and the Broncos. I think I'm going to do a little bit of Tay. I'm going to hedge my bet here. Uh, it's either going to be Broncos, Rams, or Bills, Rams, in my opinion. But I got the Rams coming out the West. I mean, the NFC. Yeah, it's like... 
if you're not picking the Bills at this point in the season, before the season even starts, you're not watching AFC football. You know what the thing is, though? The Bills are like – the Bills are that perennial heartbreak team. You know, we, we all know we all know the story of 0-4, right? 0-4 in those Super Bowls, right? You know, your Giants got to celebrate a couple of those. But, you know, 0-4, you know, you make the Super Bowl four straight years and you lose four straight heartbreakers. Not like they got blown out. They lost four straight heartbreakers. You know, and now we're seeing almost uh, the same thing with the Bills. They're making those AFC championship games. They're making the playoffs. They're just not able to take that next step. And yeah, but any team that would have won that coin toss, I mean that that was completely up the freaking. Well, do you think they beat the Rams last year? Yes. No. Yes, the no. Bengals almost had the Rams. The Bengals almost had them. What did you always say? The Bengals was a rookie. The Bengals what do you always say though? Always huh? doesn't count. Yeah, but I'm, the look at how the question was posed. Does this the the whole question was posed is hypothetical? Right. Mm. So, hypothetically, if the if the if the Bills beat the Chiefs, the Bills beat the Bengals, and then you say the Bills beat the Rams, and the Bills beat the Rams, they're a more solid team. I'm sorry, they're a complete team. I give you that. They're a complete team, and I feel with the Rams, I'm not going to hold you. Their quarterback is weak as fuck. Yeah. I mean Stafford Stafford's the last of the old guard. Him and Rogers. Yeah, but Stafford ain't Stafford ain't Stafford. Stafford How's his elbow, Pete? ain't Josh Allen. I'm sorry. The Bill that coin toss cost the Bills their Super Bowl ring. Because they're beating they're beating that Bengals team. As impressive as the Bengals team is. As much as I like Joe Burrow, I've been a Joe Burrow fan from day one, and I've always said it on the show. The Bengals, I, I, the, I don't know if the Bengals outplayed the Chiefs or the Chiefs outplayed themselves, but the Bills are not making that mistake. And with the Rams, when when um Odell Beckham went down, the Bengals were this close. That Super Bowl shouldn't have been as close as it was. It shouldn't have been. And the Rams are a good team, but they're better. If not for Aaron Donald, they do not win that Super Bowl ring because Matthew Stafford is shoddy at best. And Cooper Cup. I mean, Cooper Cup's the best wide receiver in football right now. Right. Yeah. Um... You know, and you're not wrong. Listen, Matthew Stafford is up there in age. You know, the, the man is 30, 34 years old, but got beat up behind that Detroit Lions line for so many years. I mean, I still think he's one of the best quarterbacks in the league. If I had to put money on Stafford to win me a game, um, but, you know, the, the man still did. The man threw for over 300, close to 400 yards multiple times last year. I think he had Cooper Cup as a receiver. Right. I mean, at, at the end of the day, you know, it, it's gonna, it's, you know, you've got Allen Robinson the second, you've got Cooper Cup. Oh, he's cleared? He's playing? Yeah. Oh. You know, so you've got two of the best wide receivers in football, but, you know, he, he's, 
I don't think he can be expected to throw the ball as much as they had him throw the ball last year. They really need for Cam Akers to step up as a running back. They really need to build a system where Stafford does not have to throw the ball as much. And they lost a lot of their pieces too. Through retirement, they got their ring and left. So I mean, you gotta you gotta hold that into into account too. So I mean, um I agree with Tay. You know, you don't know what fairly what you're gonna get with Stafford. And I don't know, like I was asking Pete earlier, I know I might have said a joke, but you don't know really his status as far as with even with his elbow. Like if if he's not healthy, that 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 ruffles a lot of things when it comes to that Rams. I mean, let's 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 remember he threw last year was his in many ways either his second or third best statistical year. He threw for the third most yards in his career, right? He threw his best year yard-wise was 2011, where he threw for over 5,000 yards. He threw for 4,886 yards last year with the Rams compared to just a tad over 4,000 with Detroit in 2020 and 3,700 with Detroit in 2018. 2019, he was hurt for half the year. He had his best amount of touchdowns. He matched his career high in touchdowns in 41. He had not thrown 41 touchdowns since 2011. The highest he threw between 2012 and 2020 was 32 touchdowns in 2015. He did also had his second most interceptions with 17, but he's also throwing the ball more. I mean, you know, so that's that's the biggest thing. He had his second best or uh, one of his one of his third best quarterback rating of his career last year as well. I don't mind him throwing the ball. But he's got to not be the reason why they can't be living and dying by his arm. Not anymore. This isn't, you know, this is a man who got beat up in 10 years in Detroit. Playing in Detroit's not like playing anywhere else. You know, that it hurts. It hurts to play in Detroit. Ask, ask Megatron. Ask Barry Sanders. It hurts to play in Detroit. Matthew Stafford stuck it out for over a decade. Yeah, but yeah, man, I don't know about that. I don't know about um, the Rams. The Rams, like I said, the Rams. I, I don't ever want to take anything away from the Rams. The Rams were an impressive team last season. They were very impressive. But you know who I, he reminds me of Tay. Who? He reminds me of the former Lions quarterback who was really, really, really. I mean, sorry. He was um he was with the, the Bengals for a very, very long time. John Kitna. Okay. Really good quarterback for a very, very, very long time. Didn't have a lot of opportunities to get it done, but was always considered to be a high-level quarterback. But end of his career, you got to find a way to stop getting him. You know, you know this as well with, with Rodgers and Favre, right? The old gunslinger doesn't always win the game. Doesn't always win a the game. They, they don't. They can win you a game. They can win you a few games. They may be able to get you into that playoffs, but they may not always win you the game. Yeah. And I feel like if Joe Burrow had maybe one or two more seasons under his belt, it would have been a different story. Because that kid is phenomenal. Oh, Burrow's the future. Burrow, Josh Allen, 
Justin Herbert, Pat Mahomes. That's the future of this league. Yeah, but I think I think Patrick Mahomes and Josh Allen are the now. And Joe Burrow is the future. I, I still don't think we've heard the last of the, the Patrick Mahomes. I don't think that the Chiefs are somebody who we are a team that we could be like, well, you know what, their heyday is over. Patrick Mahomes is phenomenal too. So they're as long as the Chiefs are as long as he's a quarterback for the Chiefs Chiefs and he's healthy, they're always a threat. Yeah. One hundred percent. And as we wrap up this episode, I was gonna do a new segment, but we've been on the line for two hours, y'all. It's We'll edit this down like an hour and a half. We'll get rid of like half everything, of that. No, everything, was, that everything was really good. Thank you guys for a, for a wonderful episode. Shout outs to the Jobber Tears Network. Shout out to the Jobber Tears Network. Everybody on the Jobber Tears Network. Two and a half bros, the Jobber Tears podcast, the own talk. I didn't act for all that. Shout outs to the Jobber Tears Network and all the shows under the network. Um, especially us, the Your Sports Show. So for Big Baby Dre, for BK Matt, for Peter Rosado, this is the Queen Tavia. We are out.